What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Lakers Outsiders podcast and stream. I am your host, Gary Ketzer, here with you as always for the second time today. Wow, this is uh, this is weird. But I'm joined, as always, by my good pal, Hani Amadian. And Hani, I have a question for you right off the bat. Did the Los right. Angeles Lakers get that Celtic ass? I don't have a cigar with me, but I can clap. <laughs> yes, they did. <laughs> That is right. The Lakers go into Boston and is much better results uh, this time around than it was last year. And Anthony Davis acknowledges in his post-game interview that the Lakers remembered how their last trip to Boston went and it did not go well. It goes a little bit better this time. I would say a lot a bit better, I guess. But uh, we still left with some, uh, I don't want to say negative emotions, but negative uh, health effects, I guess, from the game yesterday or last year. We left the game pissed off that they just didn't show up and got blown out of the building. This game, the Lakers win by one, but man, I had flashbacks to about three days ago with Tobias Harris's jumper. Uh, Kemba Walker had a similar similar look, and his yeah, did not go down. On the floor. Yeah, that was uh, it was a very heart wrenching finish to to the game. I guess I would say. Um, yeah, the, the Lakers obviously took took a pretty decent lead, and then they almost choked it away. And God bless Alex Caruso, and to a smaller extent, Dennis Schroeder for their defense on that last possession, just saving them from from really blowing it. Yeah, that was uh, man that the ball like floating in the air on that last Kemba shot. I had time to like think of like six different things, and but the first thought was I immediately had PTSD from Tobias Harris's game winner just a few days ago. Luckily, Kemba Walker was very valuable to the Lakers tonight, shooting one for 12, I believe, <laughs> including the, the last miss there. Uh, we did talk about that in our, our pregame stream, that slowing him down was going to be important. I also did not anticipate, I mean, I anticipated good performances out of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. I did not expect them to both be prime Michael Jordan and shoot, I think, a combined <laughs> 25 of 37 from the field. Uh, they were both f- fantastic, and we said that, going into this game that slowing those guys down was going to be key because they are two big wings and that's usually a pretty tough cover for anybody in the league as we see with the the Clippers as well. Clippers have two big wings that can yeah. score and defend. Celtics have that as well with those two guys and they were they were a problem but the Lakers dug deep to to find a way to get a win and and I will give you credit <clears throat> with the the bets Right, we both said the Lakers would cover three and a half. They were on their way. They were up seven with like a couple minutes left, and then they just stalled out. Um, but you said the game would go under two nineteen and a half. I said it would go over. It doesn't even come close to hitting at yeah. under two hundred. Uh, so I will give you credit. You you called it. There was some some poor shooting offensively. Um, it was just kind of a rough game for both teams. Yeah, it was uh, definitely like a, a defensive sort of, you know, I, I feel like when I, when I think of the Lakers-Celtics rivalry, obviously there's been plenty of games that are high scoring, but I kind of think of it this way. Like that's my nostalgia of it is all these like defensive battles um, and, and, you know, teams not really scoring well or not shooting the ball well. So that's kind of what I was expecting or maybe even hoping for a little bit. But going back to to. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, man, if you told me before this game that those two were going to outscore LeBron in AD, there's no way I would have believed the Lakers won the game. Um, but they just, you know, the, the defense worked well enough against everybody else. 
Um, you know, Daniel Tice had his moments, but other than that, really, the Celtics didn't get a whole lot of scoring from anybody. Um, and, you know, the Lakers did basically just enough to, to really overcome that, which is probably a pretty good sign moving forward. Yeah, one guy that, that really stepped up with LeBron and AD having, I don't want to say subpar games, just not their best games. I mean, AD still had 27 points, 14 rebounds, but he was 11 of 25. LeBron was 7 of 17. Uh, Montrez Harrell had a really good game. And I yeah. checking the game logs, as I kind of noticed kind of deeper into the fourth quarter that he had been in the game for a while. And I don't know why this is like a thing. This was a thing with him, with Doc Rivers and the Clippers. And it yeah. seems to happen sometimes with the Lakers as well, getting really long stints, um, especially, I mean, he does have a really high motor. He's a high energy player. Usually with those guys, you maximize, I mean, we see it with Alex Crusoe, right? Like another high energy type player. Mm -hmm. Frank Vogel's kind of talked about like, you know, trying to limit his minutes a little bit so that you don't overwork him. I'm surprised we don't see that more with Montrez Harrell because just looking at the game logs, and I'd have to go back and like look at the tape, I guess, and and, and really uh, look into it because I don't know how accurate sometimes the play-by-plays uh, get kind of messed up. But he entered, I believe, with like five and a half minutes left in the third quarter, and I'm not sure he really left the game uh, after that. So I, he, it was a long, yeah. long stint for him. He ended up with 29 minutes, but he was 8 of 10 from the field, uh, 16 points, five boards. He had three blocks and a couple steals. He was, he was really good tonight, and he was kind of that – that third guy for the Lakers when they when they really needed it um, to to get that production not only offensively but he gave it to him defensively as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, Trez is one of those guys where if he kind of has it going early, it, it's it really feeds into how he plays the rest of the game. And I think he was pretty much phenomenal the whole game. You know, there there were moments where the Celtics went at him defensively. Um, but overall, I thought he played really well on that side. He obviously got, uh, I think, two steals and three blocks through the night. And then offensively, he is really, really good. Uh, I saw Pete Zayas uh, point this out as well. But he's really, really good at kind of finding pockets of space in the paint where he can get a pass from the guards or LeBron or whoever and then get a shot up really quickly. Um, this is a very underrated quality of his, I think, and, and he was really showing that tonight. Um and then, yeah, you know, the, just the energy that he gives. But I do agree with you that the like the long stretches, that's something that really bit the Clippers in the ass in the playoffs at times of having Trez play those long minutes. Because then, you know, his energy dwindles, which is understandable if you're playing like 16 straight minutes, you're not going to be playing as hard at the 16th minute that you were in the first minute. Mm -hmm. um, so that's something that I think Vogel is going to have to really figure out. I don't know if he intended on him playing that long. I think he probably would have. Uh, uh, anticipated benching him late in the game and having AD play center uh, with, with just LeBron probably as, as the four, but I think Trez played so well that he kind of forced his hand. Um, but yeah, moving forward, that is something that we should be keeping an eye on. Um, you know, uh, how to optimize and, and get Trez on the floor as much as you can, but not really force him to play these long stretches where he ends up not doing as well towards the end of it. Yeah, definitely. And it's like I said, it's a it's a weird thing with with Trez. I don't know why it's why I guess it's a thing, but um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if Trez just, you know, gives the, the vote of confidence that, hey, like I'm, I'm good to go. Like you can leave me in there or whatever. But uh, it's very interesting to see him get very, very long stints, given that he is that type of player. Um, but hey, I mean, it works sometimes. Uh, it, I think it didn't work earlier in the season in that Portland game, but um, it worked tonight, man. Drez was really, really good. I was told 
by a certain fan base that he is incapable of playing defense, but he played really good defense today. It's weird. It's almost like I was lied to. But, um, yeah, it was. this was a really fascinating game to me because, like, you could tell, I think, by watching it and by looking at the box score. So the Lakers went with a nine-man rotation, right? Very unlike them. You know, some guys, I think Markeith Morris didn't play. Wesley Matthews didn't play. So they went with a shorter rotation tonight, kind of part of Frank Vogel's ex- – you know, experimentation that he, that he's basically using the, the whole season to do. And, you know, as he should, and the Celtics, when you look at their rotation, uh, they, they went 10 deep. I mean, uh, had, you know, the, their bench didn't play a whole lot. Tatum played 39 minutes. Jalen Brown played 37 minutes. Tice played 34 minutes. Uh, so they, it, it, it was a game that you could tell both teams really wanted to win. Like it did have obviously, it, you know, it's a it's a regular season game in late January, but it had a little bit of a playoff feel in certain moments of the game, and you could tell just uh, you know based off of like like I said, not only the play but kind of the rotations as well. I think the Lakers definitely wanted this game, but I think the Celtics wanted it just as bad given their their rotation and playing their their big guns heavy minutes. I think the Lakers really wanted no part of of losing three games in a row, and I think they really went hard after this one. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, AD, AD talked about this in his post-game interview, basically saying there's no way we were going to lose this game. They came pretty close to losing this game. but um, That's yeah, like, they, that's they like definitely... me turning in my homework assignment at 11.59. There's no way I was turning that, that in late. <laughs> uh, yeah, they, they definitely did seem to put in a more like concerted 48-minute effort, I thought. Um, there were you know some, some stretches where – especially in that third quarter where I thought they got really lackadaisical. Um, and I don't know if that was effort or if it was lack of focus or some combination of both or just, you know, shots aren't going in and, and, and whatnot. But um, they had their their rough stretches, which they've had throughout most of the season as they're still trying to figure stuff out. But um, in terms of just putting in the effort to win a game, I, I was more than pleased about that. Um, it was just a matter of, you know, getting uh, all the little detail attention to detail stuff to go as well considering you know shots weren't falling as, as much as they usually do for this team yeah the third quarter was rough you, I would say the Lakers played a, a pretty good 36 minutes of this game uh, lost yeah. the second so won the first quarter by four lost second quarter by one lost the third quarter by 10 29 to 19 but then they come back and win the fourth quarter 25 to 17. Um, they really limited their turnovers. I think they only had the one turnover uh, when LeBron dribbled it off his foot and it went out of bounds. Um, and I think the Celtics, mm-hmm. I don't remember how many turnovers in the fourth they ended up with. I know at one point they had six. So Lakers really clamped down defensively. They you know, they secured rebounds. And they just kind of flipped that switch when they, they really needed to. And they clamped down defensively. They got stops. They got you know some, some shots. I thought they got better shots. In the fourth quarter and then they did in the third quarter. I was watching the game with my dad, and I, I told him a couple times in the third quarter, like, the Celtics are getting shots in the paint right now, and the Lakers are settling for jumpers. Like, there's some possessions yeah. where there's really no ball movement, no man movement, and they, they cleaned that up quite a bit in the fourth quarter. I thought they executed a lot better, got some better looks, and just, just played better basketball. And you saw it reflected uh, in the fourth quarter tally and then, of course, in the final scoreboard. I mean, they tried the damnedest to give it away because, like I said, they were up seven. There were a couple minutes left when Schroeder got the N one. Um, I thought, you know, 
I, I didn't think the game was in the bag, but I was feeling pretty good about it. And then it's like all of a sudden, Kemba Walker has a look that he's hit probably a thousand times in his career to try and win the game. And then Tice with the putback, I, I don't know if he would have gotten it off in time. It would have been really close. Um, but I, yeah, that would have been a brutal way to lose. So <laughs> luckily the Lakers uh, found a way to win because, man, that would have been – I don't think my heart could have taken that. Two, like, buzzer-beating, game-winning shots in the span of a week, that would have just been brutal. Yeah, yeah, it really would have been. Especially somebody pointed this out in our mentions too that, uh, you know, when, when Caruso, AC, got back in time to prevent Jalen Brown from getting a shot up, that Jalen Brown did the thing that he did the entire night of pushing off on him as well. And I was like, man, if, if he got that bucket after pushing off on AC, I would have been so pissed <laughs> if that was the way that they won. Um, yeah, that was that was also a very annoying aspect of this game. I'm a, like, if there's one dude on, on the Celtics that I really like, it's Jalen Brown, but he was pissing the hell out of, <laughs> out of me for that. Yeah, there was, there was some questionable stuff. Um, I mean, AD, AD caught a shot to the, uh, we'll call it the midsection, the, I guess. To the brows. <laughs> That's what I call it. Yeah, uh, I don't know. There was there was some some stuff some stuff happening in the game, but the the whistle was was very inconsistent, and that was kind of frustrating. Like there was a couple charge calls on the Lakers that I thought when the Lakers tried to do the same thing on the other end, it, they, they didn't get the, the benefit of the whistle. They did shoot more free throws though, yeah. um, so you know, and the Lakers won. So obviously, <clears throat> when your team wins, the, the refs aren't as bad as they seem. So. Um, <laughs> But no, I mean it was it was a it was cool to see the Lakers really dig deep and, and find a way to win this game. You know, just looking at some numbers, didn't shoot the ball well overall, forty four percent. The Celtics shot forty eight point eight percent, but neither team shot well from three. The Celtics were six of twenty one. Lakers were nine of thirty one, and also missed six free throws and shot sixty eight percent from the line. But the Celtics only shot. 64% from the line as well. I mean, a lot of stuff was very, very close in this game, which I guess you, you might expect with with it being yeah. a one-point game. But I I was just impressed with the Lakers hitting timely shots. I thought the Lakers got more from their guards than, than Boston did, and that was one thing that we mentioned uh, before the game. I we, we both, I think, picked Marcus Smart uh, to be that role guy that hit a bunch of shots. Um, luckily, he did not hit eight threes. Like we predicted, he was 0 of 3 uh, from the three-point line, and uh, we want to hope you know send out well wishes to him. Uh, hope he's okay. He did leave the game with a calf injury that looked uh, like it. Hopefully, is is nothing serious. Hopefully, it's just a strain, and he's he's not out too long. But uh, it did look pretty wicked to to see the replay on that yeah. one. So hopefully he's okay, um, and hopefully that's not something serious. And hopefully he's back on the floor um, very very quickly for them. So we want to send uh, well wishes to Marcus Smart. Um, but yeah, the Laker guards, even, even though I don't think the Laker guards had like a great game, I thought they got enough from kind of the trio that we talked about in the pregame, Alex Caruso, Dennis Schroeder, and Taylor Horton Tucker. That kid just continues to impress me with some of the reads and stuff that he makes, some of the finishes. Uh, he had a couple really nice, really nice passes to Montrez Harrell. Uh, he had a kind of a spin move where he then kind of stopped and then faded and hit it off the, off the backboard and banked it in. He's really, really impressive, and I thought Caruso, I mean, listen, single game plus minus can be very flawed, <laughs> but Alex Caruso being plus 14 in 19 minutes, I don't think was... In a one-point game. 
was I don't think that was overly flawed in this game. Like you could tell uh, there was a pretty significant difference in not only the Lakers defensively because he was chasing around Jason Tatum, a guy that's much bigger than he is in this game. Um, but offensively, man, like if you just watch Alex Caruso, I mean, even there's there's possessions where he doesn't even get the ball or anything. He just seems like he's always in the right place. That he had a couple couple you know flashes to kind of the high post, like because the Celtics played a little bit yeah. of zone here and there. Uh, gets in the middle of the defense. He had a re- uh, one in the fourth quarter where he relocated to the corner. I thought the Lakers could have hit him for a three, um, but they missed him. Um, he's just. I don't know, man. I was telling a friend of mine the other day that he is just like the perfect complement, I think, to a guy like LeBron in terms of both defensively and offensively. If he's hitting threes the way he has been this year, he's just such a positive for this team. And, you know, I know we're, we're kind of clamoring for him to get more and more minutes, but as long as, you know, they just keep him keep him healthy, keep him fresh uh, going into the playoffs and then, you know, they ramp up his, his minutes, I think we'll be okay because we know just the impact that he has on this team. Yeah, I mean, I think you even kind of saw it today with Vogel deciding to bench Wesley Matthews, who is obviously a, a respected veteran and somebody that the Lakers had high hopes for when they signed him to get THC playing time. I think it kind of proves that this is all fluid and that he has an idea of what, uh, you know, guys like Caruso and KCP can do because he watched them all of last year um, and is more willing to try to test out stuff with Schroeder and Wesley Matthews and, and THC even to try to figure out what those guys can give them, um, which I'm, I'm totally fine with. Obviously, like, yeah, we want Caruso to play more minutes because he's a damn good player, and the Lakers tend to outscore teams when he's on the floor. It's not just, like, the single game plus minus. Like, a, a very basic way of looking at it is that the Lakers seem to consistently have really, really great second quarters after coming out kind of flat in the first quarter. And guess who's always on the floor in the second quarter and never on the floor in the first quarter? It's Alex Caruso. I think that's a, a big testament to what kind of energy uh, he provides to the team. But it's not even just energy. Like, he's just a good basketball player. He's smart. Um, you know, the flashing to the to the high post that you talked about, the one play where uh, I think it was in the fourth quarter where he kind of just flashed into the center of the paint in the zone uh, on a nice back cut. LeBron found him, and he had just an inch-perfect uh, – Touch fast to Montrose Harrell for a layup. That was incredible. It's, it's stuff like that that he does. You know, he, he might not be a, a flashy dribbler. He might not be, uh, you know, anything. Like, he's, he's not a, a superstar player like some other guys, but he makes so many smart, good basketball plays at all times that <laughs> – um, that he does end up being a superstar. Sorry, that's how I want to say. I'll say he's a superstar to some of us, honey. <laughs> <laughs> No, he's just he's just really good, man. He's a good NBA player and you know, he was obviously the the meme the last couple of years or whatever and everybody thought he was just a joke cuz you know, he's this balding white guy that, you know, came up from the G League and like, oh, he's the fun little role player to root for or whatever, but he's not really anything whatever. Um <clears throat> He, this dude's legitimately good, man, and he makes an impact even when his counting stats don't necessarily show it. Like, like I said, just watch, watch his tape, man. His tape just stands out. Like, it's just I, I wasn't even really looking to like observe him in this game, and I just he just jumped out in this game, especially because yeah. he's just in the right place at the right time. He's playing good defense. Uh, saved, you know, an easy go ahead bucket by sprinting back and getting in front of Jalen Brown, and I thought he was gonna come up with that ball. Um, but, you know, Jalen Brown, give him credit, you know, got 
Got possession of the ball, got the Celtics a good look, but, I mean, that play is saved in part because of Alex Caruso. And mm-hmm. I just I'm continue to be impressed by him, and I hope that he is a Laker for quite some time. And if any other NBA team signs him, I'm going to be very, very upset. And I don't know what I'm going to do, but it's not going to be it's not going to be pretty. Going to be on that list. We're going to send some sternly worded letters if anybody even interviews him or gives him an offer. I will call all the Popeyes in the area and tell that general manager to never. Never serve that general manager a Popeye's chicken sandwich ever. So that's, that's the right way to do it. I know you got to hit him where it hurts, man. So no, I mean this game was frustrating. It was beautiful. It was everything in between. I mean it was just a weird, really weird game, and it's weird in this day and age too to see games finish in the nineties. Um, mm-hmm. That's what this game was. I mean it was. You know, one team was, I thought, really good. I thought the Lakers were a little lackadaisical in the third quarter. They were very sloppy with the basketball. And the Celtics played harder. They played much harder. They had a lot of energy. They executed a lot better, and they got um, a lot better looks. They were getting some looks around the basket while the Lakers were settling. And I thought the Celtics did a good job in the third quarter attacking the Lakers' switches on defense. Um they were recognizing those much better in the third quarter and either attacking off the dribble or they were getting the ball inside um, against smaller Laker players and, and getting some easy looks. Uh, Lakers, I think, adjusted a little bit better in the fourth quarter. The rotations were better. Uh, they had one, I don't know why ESPN kept switching to certain camera angles, but one did kind of show the Lakers rotation and it was just kind of a whole unit kind of rotating together um, and, and they forced yeah. a shot, contested miss late in the shot clock. So the defensive execution was just much better in the fourth quarter for the Lakers, and I think that kind of stuff typically feeds into their their offense. And they they did have one where Trez comes up with a steal, gets it out ahead to LeBron. LeBron, you know, gets it back to Trez for a dunk. Stuff like that. You know, it's all you know, it's all fluid, right? So, um, yeah. really good win, really good win. I mean, whenever you can beat, I mean, as as Pete Zaya said, I mean, you can't get too excited about beating a team that's barely over five hundred, but uh, whenever you can win at Boston, it's it's a beautiful thing, especially after what we saw last year. So uh, yeah. I just wish one time it wouldn't be like on a last second shot, <laughs> you know, like we had Rondo a few years ago. We have Kemba missing a very makeable look. And, and also like Paul Pierce after the game was like criticizing <laughs> the Celtics for that shot. Like, oh, he should have taken it out and gotten it to to Tatum and whatnot. It's like, yeah, I get Tatum was like the hot hand, but like, dude, Kemba Walker has hit that shot a hundred, a thousand times in his career. And especially with like the game on the line ever since he was at UConn, like that's kind of his shot and it just didn't drop. The Lakers kind of got away with that. Paul Pierce being on my television is only good when the Lakers beat the Celtics. I mean, uh, a beautiful part of the post-game show was uh, him talking about the Celtics having to feel encouraged because they were in this game without Kemba scoring very well and Marcus Smart going down with an injury and leaving. Uh, and then he he, fin- uh, he finished the statement and Maria Taylor was like, yeah, well, if you're the Lakers, you got to be even more encouraged because you <laughs> won the game and went straight into highlights of a different game. So he couldn't say <laughs> Incredible moments. Shout out to Maria Taylor. <laughs> yeah, no, 
I was just I was dying laughing at that because I'm like, dude, like in that situation, or especially kind of a scramble like that, they got a great look and uh, yeah. Lakers uh, get away with. And hey, that's what we said in the, in the pregame, right? Is like the Lakers are gonna have nights where they go ballistic from three, and they're gonna have nights where they don't hit threes at all. And we saw that the last couple games, really the last like three games. Now they didn't really shoot well in this one either. Um, but like the Sixers game couldn't really hit a lot of threes until late in that game. And, you know, we, we like a perfect example of basketball in general. Tobias Harris gets the shot, down one, final seconds, hits it. Lakers lose. Kemba gets the shot, down one, misses it, Lakers win. That's, that's how the game goes, you know. So everybody, let's not overreact to every single loss. This team is still very good. And they're gonna have they're gonna have close games. Sometimes you're gonna lose. Sometimes you're gonna win. So this, tonight was a win. And it, hey, if you just said Sixers, Celtics, one of them you're gonna lose at the buzzer. The other one you're gonna win by a miss at the buzzer. I, I this is how I would have wanted it to go. So pretty, pretty ideal. Also, a, a good little takeaway from from these last couple games. And as we kind of talked about in the pregame show, clearly the Pistons are just a better team than the Celtics. They've beaten the Celtics and they've beaten the Lakers, and the Celtics haven't beaten the Lakers. Just don't I look at the score. Of the, just don't look at the score of the Pistons <laughs> game tonight. <laughs> Where they've been playing, I haven't looked. <laughs> they uh, they lost one eighteen to ninety one at Golden State. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh. the Warriors beat us too. Maybe they're just a better team. <laughs> and remember how I said Tobias Harris. Right, six of seventeen. The game after the Lakers, after he let us up. Blake Griffin. Uh, Want to guess his shooting <laughs> tonight? Uh, for three or or overall? Overall. Uh, I'll go five of fourteen. Oh, you were being very generous. He was <laughs> really. He was one of eight tonight. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. I'm telling you, it's something about playing the Lakers that people turn into, like, superheroes, and then they play the next game thinking they are superheroes, and then they just come crashing back to Earth, and all of a sudden they can't hit a shot. It's the weirdest thing. It just <laughs> it happens every game. And I guess it's going to happen to Daniel Tice in the next game because he was, he was the guy. We tried to predict that yeah. before the game. We both said Marcus Smart. He didn't really shoot well. I did say Jeff Teague. Jeff Teague was – Still awful in this game, so I was glad to be wrong about that one. Uh, but Daniel Tice was kind of that guy. I mean, he finished 5'11", but he had 14 points and uh, was kind of lighting it up early there. But he was uh, kind of a yeah. kind of a pain in the pain in the butt for the Lakers. But the Lakers had somebody to match him in Montrez Harrell. Kuzma had kind of a quiet 11 and six game. He was kind of your your X factor for the Lakers, and I thought he had some timely buckets. He was three of seven from three. Uh, so I mean, that's. That's pretty solid and hit some timely threes. I thought kind of halt some momentum and uh, things like that. But yeah. I, looking at uh, Dennis Schroeder's stat line, I was kind of surprised. Um, I was surprised to see his stat line be what it was because I thought he played better than his stats indicated. Like we saw some some at least some more flashes of him doing some different things. He had a three. Uh, he had a couple of really nice drives to the basket. Um, stuff like that. So I think maybe slowly but surely he's starting to work his way kind of back into a rhythm, um, trying to work his way out of this slump that he's been in. Yeah, I think he was kind of the um, uh, like a good balance of uh, 
being sort of calm and, and not going overboard, but also injecting that little bit of like dynamic energy that the Lakers need from him, uh, like the change of pace. He, he was really good with that. He, uh, he definitely got the better of Kemba a, a few times and got the better of Daniel Tice late in the game to, to put the Lakers up by seven or whatever it was on that and one. Um, he had a lot of really good moments like that. Yeah, you're right. Like the shooting is kind of a, an, an issue right now, but um, his, his shooting percentage could have easily been better if like I, one of the fouls that, that he was calling for went for him or they called it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh whatever it may be. But um, yeah, I thought he played a, a really, really solid game today. And he was probably a pretty big part of why the Lakers were able to win this, considering LeBron was having a little bit of an off night. They needed somebody to uh, be able to handle the ball and, and run some offense besides LeBron tonight. And I think Schroeder did a pretty damn good job of that. Yeah, and they needed that too because the Celtics were throwing a lot of double teams at LeBron and trying to get the ball out of his yeah. hands a lot. And even though LeBron still hit some very, uh, very timely threes in this game uh, in the fourth quarter, there that heat check, mm-hmm. that heat check went halfway down and came out. I was about to lose it if he made that, but um, but no, they they definitely needed that that production, those seven assists that that Shooter provided, and a couple of just you know um, attacks to the basket breaking down the defense a little bit, kind of creating some other looks for some some different guys. Uh, that was big. Um, I j- just had this thought, too, with, with Paul Pierce and kind of going back to Paul Pierce here for a second. Um, he, he he was saying, like, oh, the Celtics should, should feel good because they were right there and they didn't get a lot out of whoever it was, Marcus Smart, I think, and so on, so and so. I feel like the Lakers should feel really good, not only because they got the win, <laughs> but – Tatum and Brown, Tatum and Brown were really, really good in this game. Like, I don't know, yeah. as a duo, you can really play much better and be more efficient than they were. Like, Tatum was twelve of eighteen, Jalen Brown was thirteen of nineteen, and combined they were four of seven from the three point line. Like, those two were insanely good. Um, Celtics didn't get a whole lot elsewhere outside of Tice, but Anthony Davis eleven of twenty five, LeBron seven of seventeen. KCP didn't score at all. He was 0-4, had a couple wide-open looks. Mark Gasol only had one point. And the Lakers didn't get a ton of offense either. I mean, they got 27 out of Harrell and Kuzma. Uh, THT had, had six points, had a couple of assists. Um, the Lakers had a very subpar offensive game and still came out on top, even though the Celtics, probably two best players, uh, played extremely, extremely well. So to me, like, I guess to pull a Paul Pierce for the Lakers side, uh, I feel pretty confident about that, that the Lakers still, I mean, it's frustrating the Lakers still didn't play overly well, but the Celtics are going to be a good team. They're going to be there in the mix in the East. And Lakers played a pretty subpar game, still found a way to win. Yeah, it's pretty rare to uh, win a game when your top three players are, are struggling shooting the ball like the Lakers you know with LeBron AD and KCP had today um so I mean you know to, to me yeah it's a pretty impressive showing if your defense is playing well enough and you're getting enough from your depth pieces like Kuzma uh Trez and Schroeder that you're still able to grind out a win against uh a supposed uh title contender then yeah, I'm I'm pretty encouraged by that overall, especially considering you know what this last week has been in terms of Lakers basketball. Them having a really bad loss against the Pistons and a tough one against the Sixers. 
I don't know. I, I feel pretty good about the way they competed and the way that they were able to get this win despite things not really being perfect for them. Yeah, they had to they had to dig deep for this one against you know a pretty solid basketball team, a very well coached basketball team, and a team that you know just has kind of those younger legs, right? They're two yeah. two main guys. They're still pretty young players, um, very energetic and athletic. Oh, yeah, <laughs> somehow, some way, but uh, but yeah, I mean the Lakers dig deep. Didn't play overly well, but still found a way to get it done. I felt like in the third quarter, they looked like a team that was like, I'm tired of this road trip. I'm ready to go home, sleep in my own bed. Like, they, they looked a little lethargic in that third quarter. And I'm sure they are ready to go home. Like, this has been a long road trip for them. They only got one game left to go. They got uh, a Hawks team up next that is pretty good. I mean, these are not the Hawks that we've seen the last couple years. They are 10-9. and nine. I don't think they're fully healthy. I think Bogdanovich is out for a while. Um but they're they're a young team, another team with with young legs. They're probably going to play with a lot of energy, play pretty fast, and and they're going to do a lot of different things. I mean, Trey Young is legitimately a really really good player. Uh, they've got a lot of guys. DeAndre Hunter's having a really good year. Um, they're just young, man, but they're they're energetic. I think that they're a pretty good team. Plus, you know, we're going up against former uh, Laker legend Rajon Rondo. I thought you were going to say like a legend DeAndre Hunter. Uh, I, I think it's going to be out because he had a little bit of an injury. But, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited to see how Rondo's doing. I haven't really watched the Hawks this year um, quite a lot, but uh, pretty excited to see how that team is meshing because they ha- they did a lot in the offseason. They have a lot of new pieces. Um, but I I was never one to really uh, go with the hype. I think they're they're better than last year just because of how many you know better players that they have. Around, but their defense, I think, is still a, pr- a pretty big issue. So that might be a pretty good game for the Lakers to kind of get their offense back together after a few uh, kind of rough uh, rough days in, in terms of shooting the ball. I think they're going to get some pretty good open looks. Yeah, and hopefully, you know, you never know how it's going to go. Last game of a road trip, I think you, you've you can I can see it going like either way. I can see the Lakers being really motivated. Like, all right, let's let's play really hard. Let's get through this game. Let's get a win. Let's go back home. And then, you know, we can kind of relax, get back home, kind of settle back down. Um, but I could also see the Lakers being like, all right, whatever. It's the last game of the road trip. Let's get out of it. Let's just do this thing, and then let's let's get out of yeah. here. So they could also be very, very lethargic in that game as well. So it'll be interesting to watch, but that's Monday. Uh, looks like 4.30 Pacific time. Got to love those those East games and the, and the real early start time. So... Uh, Monday night, uh, February first. Start off a new month. Let's start off a new month with a with a win. Let's start a winning streak. They kept calling the the Lakers losing two games in a row as like a, a losing streak. <laughs> I was like, so, like how is two, losing two games a, a, a losing streak? Come on. It's more of a a losing blip, a, a losing trend. I don't I don't know. Not not much of a streak. Yeah. Um, Three or more. Another streak. Hour- Another aspect of this is uh, Dennis Schroeder, who we just talked about uh, when we did our little pregame stream. Uh, having a rough January, he gets to start a new month in a revenge game against the Hawks. I'm into it. And we're looking at a 20-point Dennis Schroeder game on, on Monday, I think. That's true. We, we need a good nickname for Schroeder. I was thinking when he hit that bank shot and one, I was like, we got to – Lakers Twitter needs to come up with, like, a really good nickname that sticks with him. Like, we haven't really gotten there yet. I, well, I've seen some people call him Dennis the Menace. But it's like LeBron is really forcing Dennis the Menace in every <laughs> single game. 
I mean, I guess it's all right, but it's like, I feel like we can do better than Dennis the Menace. Uh, Darius Soriano tweeted out Meep Meep when he went uh, at Daniel Tice, uh, like the Roadrunner. So I, I kind of I, I kind of like calling him Roadrunner. I was mm-hmm. going to say, it's got to be something to do with his speed because he definitely yeah. has speed on this team that I don't think any other Laker necessarily has, uh, or speed and quickness with the basketball in his hands. So uh, somebody's got to come up with, with a good nickname that, that's going to stick because he – he deserves it, man. He's got a skill set that, that nobody else on the team has, and it's it's a beautiful thing to watch. So, uh, Bevers has joined the chat. Bevers, I'm a little disappointed that you didn't watch the game, but I'm assuming you know the end result, so you can probably watch with a big smile on your face knowing uh, how it's going to end because if you watched it live, your heart definitely uh, went through a roller coaster of emotions and it stopped for about a second and a half while Kemba Walker's uh, last jumper floated in the air and then Tice had an opportunity for a putback. But um, we also had somebody say Frank Vogel is the most handsome coach in the NBA. I'm halfway convinced that that's Anthony Davis's burner account. Uh, I've been saying, man, this entire team watches their show. Uh, Frank Vogel, absolutely. We, we talked to him in the pregame about giving Alex Russo more run and he did it. Uh, I, I think they're, they're all watching. So either that is AD's burner or it's Frank Vogel's burner. He's calling himself the most handsome coach in the league. Maybe Either way, I agree. Maybe it's maybe it's a joint burner. Maybe they're like taking turns, or they're just laughing in their their hotel or on the team team uh, team plane heading to Atlanta. Uh, <laughs> no, I. I mean, I would think that they watch because I looked at, directly into the camera in the pregame show and told <laughs> Frank Vogel to play Tht and Alex Caruso some more. And hey, they went to a nine man rotation where both of them played roughly twenty minutes each. So. Thank you, Frank Vogel. Thank you. The, those tablets that they have on, on the sideline, that's not to show film or anything. They're actually watching our streams during the game or beforehand. I, I respect it. I mean, that's what we're here for, Frank. We're here to. We're just here to help. I mean, obviously my predictions aren't great. I said the Lakers would Lakers Celtics game would go over two nineteen and a half. Team teams didn't even hit two hundred. Uh, I said Jeff Teague would be that guy that would be the role player that goes off, and he deliberately just, yeah, he just was missing shots left and right. So maybe maybe they keyed in on Marcus Smart and, and Jeff Teague because we said they could go off. Frank Vogel, man, he's he's thousand IQ. He's I, thinking. I like where your head's at. I like it. I like it. All right, Lakers have the Hawks on Monday. I don't know if I will be available because I have class Monday night, and it's the class that goes beyond the designated allotment that she's been given. So we'll have to see how that goes. But uh, it it is also an early start time, so I'd have to watch it during class, which would probably honestly be um, more entertaining than that class. But uh bevers had a question do you guys think lakers need to make an adjustment to the starting five sorry if you've talked about this already we have not talked about this we talked about kind of the rotation in the pregame stream um about getting tht and caruso some more minutes and they got out there a little bit earlier i thought caruso should have gotten in a little quicker in the third quarter he came in like the last possession of the third quarter because the lakers were very flat coming out of halftime and i thought caruso could have picked up the energy and he did in the fourth quarter um, so it ultimately worked out, but I thought he could have come in earlier. As far as the starting five, I I think they might go with a different starting five when the playoffs roll around. But as for right now, I think, honestly, I think it's fine. I mean, they started the game out pretty strong in this game, and 
Um, I don't think the starters really had much of an issue. I don't think it's going to be their starting five all the way throughout the playoffs, but for now, I think it's I think it's fine. Yeah, I think um, if you, if you want the Lakers to change their starting five, it's because you want their bench units to be stronger. Um, because I think the starting five in general all year has been really good. Uh, I don't have the numbers up right now, but their net rating has generally been like above twenty. Might have dropped a little bit over the last couple of games just because they've had some rough nights, but. I would expect it to be still pretty pretty good. Um, I, I get I would understand this other sentiment of maybe put somebody like Schroeder on the bench so that he can uh, be the lead ball handler that there and, and get him some better looks and hopefully kind of balance those lineups a little bit. But right now, I don't think I would make a change. I think I would just kind of stick with this, try to keep building that chemistry, um, and then you know if I you know halfway through the season it's still not really working out the bench isn't doing enough then maybe you make a little bit of a change but right now i'm, I'm pretty happy with with that starting five two <laughs> things really two things would come to my mind i guess if you were to make a change in the starting five and i don't think it's something that they would do now i think it would be something like down the road when the games really start to matter um, I could see them bringing marcus all off the bench and putting in montrez harrell um, and moving ad to the five obviously Marc Gasol doesn't really affect the team's spacing offensively and he gives them kind of that added playmaking element. Um, but I think the Lakers could play a lot faster if they went with Montrez Harrell in place of Marc Gasol. Um, so that's something they could possibly explore. I think Marc Gasol is fine. Obviously, you know, you'd like to get a little more offensive production out of him, but uh, you kind of know what you're getting out of him at this, this stage of his career and, um, you know, I think he still does a pretty good, pretty solid job, even though he's not going to really fill up the box score on a lot of nights. Um, and another thing, too, Hani, you, you alluded to it, and some people have suggested it, is moving Schroeder to the bench. And I think you could put a guy like Alex Caruso in there, um, and then you could basically roll with THT and uh, Dennis Schroeder as kind of your your two main guards off the bench, maybe with Wesley Matthews and, and, and Kuzma and Harrell or whatever. Uh, you can go a number of different combinations. But I can see Caruso starting in place of Schroeder to give you a little more defense. Plus, I just think, like I said, I think Caruso is honestly like the perfect complement next to LeBron. When you have LeBron doing the playmaking and all that, you you have Caruso being able to guard opposing point guards and take, you know, that that main like perimeter defensive assignment, assuming it's not like a wing player. Um, so, yeah, you could do a number of different things. Plus, I think Schroeder with second units would absolutely light it up. Um, so the Lakers have some flexibility, but as for right now, I don't think uh, I, I don't think they need to really do much. I mean, I think they're they're what uh, fourteen and six now. So sounds good to me. Uh, <laughs> fifteen and six, excuse me. They were fourteen and six coming in, um, but yeah, they're fifteen and six. So I'm not going to be overly critical losing like a couple games on a long road trip. You know, even though there's mm -hmm. no fans. Although I, I wish that that arena was packed tonight to to have the Lakers uh, rip their hearts out. That would have been that would have been beautiful. But hey, they they won in front of all those banners that were won two centuries ago. So that's <laughs> nearly nearly as good. Uh, Twenty thousand fans getting their their hearts crushed by Alex Cruz. So getting back in transition would have been a, a wonderful sight. But. <laughs> You know, God, they, they would they would love Alex Caruso. That's all I'm gonna say. But 
Uh, <laughs> all right, let's go back to the chat. Uh, AD, Braun, Mark Gasol in the same lineup in a Laker uniform. You got to love it. It's pretty crazy. Like, if you'd have told me that like three years ago, I'd have been like, no, like, there's no way we can make that happen. Of course, Anthony Davis was a guy that, like, I was like, man, if the Lakers ever get that guy, I will just lose it. And, like, because I thought it would never happen. Like, he's just, you know, it's one of those superstars they'll never be able to get. And then, you know, shout out to, uh, <laughs> shout out to Clutch and the whole team over there. But, uh, Bevers also, oh. My my favorite Mark Gasol moment of this game was when THC went to the bench with, like, a hand injury and he was telling him to, like, Grab his elbow and do this thing because apparently all the Gasol brothers have to be doctors on the side. Hey, the medical advice runs in the family, okay? So never question the Gasols. That's the main lesson. It's just if a Gasol says to do something, you just do it. They're just That's too right. they're just too kind hearted and they just want the very best for everybody. So um, bless that family. Bless the Gasol family. How do you think Absolutely. the minutes will go if Dennis goes to the bench? Uh I think it would probably be about the same, assuming you put Bevers. I'm assuming you put like Caruso in that spot. Um, I think it would probably be about the same. I don't think you want to play, you know, as much as we sit, we pound the table to say, hey, give Caruso more minutes. I don't think you want to play him too many minutes because you don't want to wear him out. And with high energy, high effort players, you want the, them to remain that way. And if you play them 36, 37 minutes, uh, at a certain point, they're, they're probably going to run out of gas and not really be the same players. So I figure, I figure the, the minutes would probably be about what they are now, in all honesty. Yeah, I, I think um, AC is probably like a 30-minute cap type of player, unless it's a big game and he's having a great game and then you keep him in. But um, even as a starter, I don't think he would really ever go over that much. And Shooter would obviously get the rest of the minutes there and, and you know, they'd play a little bit together. So... I think overall, whichever four, uh, if it if it is four guards that play, um, or if they go into the five, I think uh, I think Vogel's going to keep all their minutes pretty equal for the most part. Even though Shooter's been getting a lot of minutes uh, relative to everybody else to start this year, but I think that's just a matter of uh, one keeping guys fresh and two trying to figure out what you have in him um, and whether he is suited to be a starter or if he should go to the bench or whatnot. Um, I think that's more more that factor rather than vocal thinking that he is his best option mm-hmm. yeah there, there's a lot of different factors i think that go into these lineups and frank vogel has been very open that he is just basically like a mad scientist at this point just experimenting uh his ass off with this this team and he's got so many weapons at his disposal that i think he's just trying to mix and match and try to figure out what combinations work which combinations don't and you know it's going to be a process for sure and the Lakers might lose some games in that process because they're trying to figure it out but it's that's how that's how it goes as long as they have it all figured out by the time the playoffs roll around they're going to be just fine uh well Bevers you know the answer to that question from from Honey if JaVale gets <laughs> bought out do you want the Lakers to to pursue obviously yeah. I mean Honey probably wants the Lakers to trade everybody on their team to get JaVale back but uh <laughs> I think he'd be worth it because, like, that's one thing we've been saying since the offseason is one thing I think you could improve this roster is getting another legitimate center as insurance in case Mark Gasol 
you know, gets hurt because, you know, he is an older player. Anthony Davis has a history of kind of getting those minor injuries, getting uh, dinged up a little bit. Just getting that insurance because you don't have, like, a true, like, center or a big with, like, center size uh, behind those two, whereas the last year the Lakers had three of those guys, and they, they used it to their advantage quite often. So, I mean, JaVale is definitely a guy I think if he gets bought out, the Lakers could uh, take a look at and bring back. Uh, one thing, uh, if he gets bought out by the Cavs, they legally cannot bring him back. So he has to get traded to someplace and then get bought out, which fine. Or they can just trade for him, obviously. Uh, two, yes, they should get JaVale back and they should bring the Martin twins over from Charlotte. That is a dynasty in the making. That's all I'm, I have to say. I am disgusted right now that you would even bring that energy onto the the stream and I'm that's as far as I'm gonna go I'm sitting here in a Boise State shirt and like you're gonna just go at me like that okay I mean I bring, thought... bring back Luke Abbott from quasi retirement too let's go Jesus. dynasty all right we're done this this is this is over uh honey coming in with that no honey honey's coming in with nothing don't I'm not giving him any credit um you get me Bubbers. All right, last Actually, comment. I'm sending you a, a $5 check for asking that question. $5 check. <laughs> you can at least like be really generous and send like a Popeye chicken sandwich. Uh, I'll send money for it because I don't think it'll <laughs> – I don't know where you, I don't know where you live, but I don't think it, being sent in the mail is the best idea. I'm a little disappointed in your lack of faith in the ch- in the Popeye chicken sandwich. Um <laughs> Last comment we got. I think if Schroeder goes to the bench, they just slide Braun to point guard and bring Wesley Matthews into the starting five uh, to bring shooting for the ball. Yeah, I mean, that's another thing. I mean, it's it was kind of funny that – well, not funny, but it was interesting, I guess, uh, that West did not play tonight as the Lakers mm-hmm. continue to experiment and went with a shorter rotation. Um, but he's he's going to have a role on this team and probably a fairly important one, whether it's off the bench, whether he gets put in the starting lineup later on. But that is another option, and that's one of those things that we keep saying, that Frank Vogel has so many options and so many combinations that he can do that he probably – I mean, honestly, 72 games might not even be enough for him to get like good sample sizes on certain combinations. Yeah, absolutely. It it's definitely isn't, especially with these – like uh, all five of the guards on the Lakers are – kind of like at similar levels. I think KCP is the best one and THC or maybe Wes right now is probably the the, the worst one. But like the, the little differences between those guys isn't much. So I think, um, you know, it, it's just a matter of what you need at a given time. And I think Vogel is mostly just trying to figure out what each one can provide, um, you know, both positively and negatively uh, and, and kind of figure out what the best lineup combinations to get those guys on the floor is. Yeah, I. It's a good problem to have. It's a good problem to have to yeah. to be able to figure all that out. Uh, it's a hell of a lot better than you know being a team that is just searching for any good lineups. Because the Lakers, uh, we've definitely seen the Lakers uh, have those kind of those kind of issues uh, the past I don't know seven eight years uh, before before last season. So. Uh, it's nice to be on the other end of that once again, and and it feels right. It feels right to just that the Lakers have too many good players that it's just such an issue. <laughs> it is my favorite uh, thing to complain about with the Lakers is how can they get all these good players on the floor? 
such an issue. I think the NBA such should just make an exception and let us play like eight players at the same time. We're so oppressed. I mean, it was <laughs> the Lakers were playing eight on five tonight, so I mean, we could have used three more players. So, um, but hey, the league is against the Lakers. It's very, very obvious. The underdog Lakers uh, get out of Boston with a win. Hashtag We Believe 2.0. Uh, the We Believe Lakers are back and 15 and 6. Doing pretty well. So we're just trudging along, man. Trudging along in this this season. And I keep saying, like, I'm ready for the playoffs to start already. Like, I'm enjoying this team. This team is a lot of fun. Uh, so not to take away from them, but I just I'm ready for the games to to crank back up and see like full intensity all the time and see this team really try and play to its full potential. Cause it's very obvious that there are times where they, some games they just don't really care, care all that much about. And quite frankly, yeah. I don't, I don't blame them given the circumstances. So. Yeah. It's, it's good that they made some changes in the off season to give us a little bit of something to look forward to with these <laughs> games, and like trying to learn more about these new players and, and how they work with the team. But other than that, I'm with you. I, I'm just like, waiting biding my time until the playoffs start and we can talk shit again <laughs> that's that's the whole thing is like i'm not even gonna get upset that much at losses obviously it's frustrating because you know the the full potential that this team has and what like level they can hit so i get that it's frustrating in that respect but as long as this team just continues to stay healthy knock on wood um to stay healthy get in the playoffs healthy and we said the same thing last year. Just get in the playoffs healthy, and I will trust that the team will not be beaten four out of seven times. And that's how I feel about this team, and hopefully that continues and Lakers can uh, officially pass the Boston Celtics in titles because I'm tired of the Celtics fans flexing their, their muscle over some titles that their great-grandfather got to witness, but they did not get to witness themselves. So, You know what? I, I wish I had been around to watch uh my team win win some titles during the cold war but we'll just have to do with our sticks in the century i guess those bob Cousy dribbling with his right hand shooting 38 percent from the field titles must have been just absolutely thrilling uh so congrats to you guys also that graphic that was floating around like the the five titles in uh minneapolis and one disney world championship i got news for you boston your ass was in Disney World too. You didn't yes, make it. Lost to a man, and it wasn't even Alex Caruso. It was Tyler Hero. <laughs> you lost to that snarling. That's as, as far as I can, I can even go without. Uh, yeah. Oh man. Nothing. Nothing like you know, discrediting a team for winning a title when you know. I mean, we're, we're doing it because they won a title when there was eight teams in the league and the Lakers didn't. But, hey, the Lakers have evolved. Just saying. Since the, since the end of the 80s, what's, what's the title count? That's all I'm going to say. In, in our lifetime, honey. That's all I'm saying. That's all that really matters. We'll start with 92 because you're, you're younger and you make me feel old because apparently I'm like 30, whatever the hell that means. <laughs> It's pretty close. <laughs> no, it's not. Shut your mouth. So, <laughs> since 92, that's when it matters. The Lakers are well ahead of the Celtics. God, you you, you are just... That's strike two, honey. You didn't even have Wait. to say anything, but it's strike two. I'm ready for strike three. There was uh, some pretty big 
quarterback news today. What does Carson Wentz think about this? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that's that's not even that's not even strike worthy. I'm trying to get I'm trying to get out of Philly. Did you see Philly's the, the Eagles head coach trying to reach his word count total like in that press conference? Oh man. <laughs> That's how I feel on these podcasts sometimes. I can't make too much fun. <laughs> it's true. Like, if, if I had to do any kind of, like, public speaking, even when in front of, like, TV monitors or whatever they got set up for these Zoom press conferences, I'd probably sound even worse. So, um, all jokes aside, all that matters tonight is the Lakers won. They beat the Celtics. They got that Celtic ass. It wasn't convincingly, but they still got it. And they moved to 15-6. and six. Celtics dropped to ten and eight. Yeah, can't relate. Can't relate to stuff. You gotta wonder if Brad Stevens is on the uh, hot seat. Makes you think. (laughs) Quick question though: Would you rather have Brad Stevens or would you rather have LeBron James? (laughs) Oh man, I got too much pettiness in my soul sometimes. All right, that's a good note to end on. Um, shout out to LeBron James, just because he's a Los Angeles Laker. Like, Absolutely. Just shout out to LeBron. I was actually, okay, an unrelated note. I was kind of just going doing like some deep cleaning around my house today, and I came across this red shirt that I had like buried away, and I, oh, I like pull it out, and it was a Portland Trailblazer shirt. And I'm like, where did this come from? I remembered... Why I kept it, first game that LeBron was a Laker was at Portland, and they had those shirts everywhere. It just kind of made me think, again, shout out to LeBron for being a Los Angeles Laker. Just being it. Like, hasn't played overly well the last couple couple games, but compared to his standards, but just shout out to LeBron. Shout out to LeBron. A Los Angeles Laker. So, all right, we're getting out of here. Um... Yeah, I got nothing. I I don't know. My, my my heart is still like recovering from the end of that game. So um, as always, guys, I guess I'll just plug everything and then we'll get out of here since this thing is just going way off the tracks. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Lakers Outsiders. Follow us there or you can subscribe for as little as six bucks a month and support the site. Uh, you can hit up our Patreon link as well. Hani, I believe it's patreon.com slash Lakers Outsiders, correct? Yep, 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 yep. Okay. Uh, also, if you just go on our Twitter, our Twitter bio has a link tree. It has links to everything, so you can always go through there as well. There you go. Uh, you can also like and follow us on Facebook for these live streams. And, of course, you can subscribe to us on YouTube. We always live stream on all three of those platforms. Uh, we'll not be putting the pr- uh, pregame show up on the podcast platforms, but this one will may have to edit the end of it because we've gone <laughs> way, way off the rails. Shout out to Dave2Fresh on, on Twitch for uh, giving us some kind uh, kind remarks about the quality. Um, is uh, Dave2Fresh Alex Caruso's burner? Is he AC2Fresh? <laughs> hey, man. Shout out to you, Dave. I, I appreciate the, the kind remarks because I have – single-handedly derailed the end of this <laughs> end of this show and uh it's been it's been something that's for sure but um follow us on those three platforms you'll get the live streams this one's going to go up on all the podcast platforms probably tomorrow morning and uh yeah we'll be back uh i can't really promise when we'll be back my class schedule and work schedule kind of 
dictates all, my entire life. So um, I would love to on Monday if my class gets out early enough. Since it is an earlier start time, that would be uh, ideal. But if not, I can try. Um, we'll definitely be back, I mean, at least once a week. Um, the weekends are obviously a lot easier for both of us, and, and we'll try to be back on as much as we possibly can. And if we're not, uh, I apologize. Um, we, like I said, we will at least do once a week for sure. Um, but if we're not on more than that, I apologize. Just life is kind of crazy right now um, for, for our schedules, and it's, it's tough to kind of coordinate and kind of get you know on the same same screen at the same time. So uh, we're, we're going to do our best, but we appreciate you guys uh, giving us the support and, and following us and the kind remarks. It uh, really does mean a lot to us. So um, thank you guys. Thank you so much. So, all right, you can follow Hani on Twitter at H-O-N-I-A-H-M. You can follow me on Twitter at Gary Kester, and you can also uh, follow my personal Twitch account. I think I might go play some video games or something and, you know, uh, have a little fun and talk some more Lakers basketball or talk some football. We had a big trade in the NFL today, another L.A. sports team making a move. Uh, so we can talk about that. Uh, my Twitch is just uh, it's right up on the screen. Let's see, other hand, right down there. Latest subscriber, SwishTK. Um, so you can follow me on Twitch as well, and we can continue talking about whatever you want to talk about. So I'll be on there in a little bit. Hani, thanks again. Um, go, get some, go get some rest. Have sweet dreams of the Lakers beating the Celtics. And um, you guys all have a good night. Be safe out there. Uh, but until next time, this is Gary Kester with Hani Amadi and the Lakers Outsiders signing off. Shout out to Celtics killers Marshawn Brooks, Kent Bazemore, and Ryan Kelly. <laughs> <laughs>